0: Welcome Pewter Report readers and listeners to another edition of the Pewter Report podcast energized by Celsius. I am John Ledyard from PewterReport.com. Along with me today, the one and the only Mark Cook, also from PewterReport.com. No Scott Rounds today has been suspended from the podcast for too much love for one Blaine Gabbard, who isn't even a Buccaneer right now, Mark. I mean, I have been with him a long time. Is this the lowest of the lows for him?
1: You know, I thought it was bad when he was in love with Ryan Suckup, but Ryan proved to be uh, a valuable addition to this football team. As much as I love Blaine, I have a Blaine Gabbert story. I don't know. Should I tell the Blaine Gabbert story later in the show? Yes, it's a
0: storytelling week. Uh, okay. on the podcast, right. so you I've can got, tell it later in the show if you want. I've got a classic Blaine
1: Gabbert story, uh, and oh, it revolves God. around Copenhagen Long Cut, so I'll leave it at that. But got a good story for that uh, a little bit later in the show.
0: I also have not told the Devin White story yet, and no one has asked for it. So I'm, I'm putting myself back on the block to tell the Devin White story today as well on the podcast. So we got story time coming up on the podcast again from both of us. We've also got to talk about Joel Glazer, uh, his comments to the media actually just before we, we, we got on here uh, to go live. So he talked about the 2021 season, return to normalcy in the cards maybe. That could include minicamp. Um, you know, we talked about, uh, he talked about Tom Brady and the difference that he's made. We'll talk about all of that on the show and a little bit about the Bucks creamsicle uniforms too, yes, Mark, So we could yes. have from some momentum in that direction too. So we've got a lot of uh, that to talk about. And then obviously pro days, we're going to keep updating on pro days and talking about Bucks related prospects and what's been going on lately with them. And it's all brought to you by our friends over at Sells. John,
1: John, i was gonna say right before we got on the podcast i was doing every one of those exercises you just saw on that video <laughs> every one, and i was wearing those tights that that girl was wearing so yeah. wow that is uh not all, exactly all what because I, I was drinking celsius without this i could have not done those exercises just See, it's, it's
0: literally miraculous and powers active healthy lives every day with essential functional energy i've got the grape rush going on today what do you have there I have my
1: favorite, the sparkling
0: uh, lemon. I mean, sparkling grapefruit today. Oh, sparkling grapefruit. Good one as well. I haven't actually had that sparkling grapefruit. I've heard good things about it it from listeners and such. But yeah, so uh, Celsius, I'm telling you, it is amazing. I mean, the fact that this stuff tastes as good as it does, this healthy energy accelerates metabolism, burns body fat, comes in a ton of different flavors. I mean, it's great stuff. And again, it gives you the energy you need without the letdown, without any of that. Couldn't ask for a better product. Couldn't ask for a better sponsor uh, from uh, the, the, for the Peter Report podcast. Um, and yeah, you can go to the Celsius.com, check out the store. Check out what the different flavors are, where you can get Celsius near you. And if you just want the variety pack, you wanted a bunch of different flavors, go to Amazon.com check out that uh celsius on amazon you can get the variety pack ordered to you or your home as well. It's great stuff. We use it every day and we love it. And I like to drink it out of my uh my 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 new
1: cup that I got here too from one of our Ooh, other sponsors.
0: Ooh, so, the playbook products yes, plug.
1: Yes. Which cup which know, which plate did you get on yours?
0: I got the uh the Scotty Miller touchdown right before halftime. Yeah, got too? Yeah.
1: Brilliant. Great product. Follow Brilliant. us on Twitter. You can see more about the uh this this product as well i don't know that they're a podcast sp- sponsor but i like this i like to give shout outs to everybody
0: they are yeah we talked about playbook products on monday they got a sale good. going on too right now so uh, make sure you go uh check out playbookproducts.com and uh pick up pick yourself up some cool buck stuff as well um yep. they got coasters and mugs as well so it's good stuff all right scott all right mark i almost called you scott sorry about uh, that um, you're suspended now <laughs> Now I'm I'm just I'm doing the podcast
1: by myself, so you're out. See you later, John.
0: We got to talk about this Joel Glazer thing, okay? So he's talking about the 2021 season, and he's saying "return to normalcy." That's those are exciting words for for everybody. I mean, just normalcy in general, man. I mean, be awesome. But yeah, return to normalcy for this upcoming season, uh, especially for somebody like you who's covered the team boots on the ground for years. That has to be pretty exciting thought. No, it really is. You know, it's it's. People, I I don't know how many people, and John, you've probably gotten this uh,
1: a lot. People ask me all the time, what's Tom Brady like? Hmm. What's Rob Gronkowski like? What's Antonio Brown like? I don't know. I mean, I know as much as you do, unfortunately. I know him from Zoom calls because that's just been the world that we've lived in in the media world. And, um, you know, I know that you went to a couple games at the stadium this year when you got moved down here. And and Scott went to all the home games. Um, I didn't go. Mainly, the main reason was, uh, other than my fear of elevators that we all know about, um, even though we would be in the stadium in the press box, you still all of the player availability, the media availability was still done via Zoom. So you guys yeah. watched the game in the press box, but it was the same if I were at home or or, or in the press box as well. Um, and you know, I like to watch my games uh, without any pants on, so I could do that at home, not in the press box, which is nice. But, um, and there's some advantages to being in the press box, but not the normal advantage that we have because, you know, after a game, normally, just to let people know when the game is over, we usually go down right after the game. There's a 15 minute mandatory cooling off period that the NFL mandates before teams are allowed to open up the locker room. Mm -hmm. That's so after a tough loss, somebody doesn't, you know, scream obscenity. Sometimes that still happens, but. You know, it's a, it was probably a smart thing the league did, not just open the locker room immediately since guys are coming right. off the field in the heat of battle. And, um, and the locker room would be open. Um, as we're milling around and talking to players as they're getting dressed, undressed, going in the shower, coming out of the shower, then we um, we have an opportunity. The PR staff, uh, the public relations, not the Peter Port staff, but the public relations staff will go around and say, hey, um, Jameis is going to be at the podium. Well, this year mm-hmm. it would have been Tom's going to be at the podium. Or Bruce, whichever one was first. Normally, Coach is first. Then... Mm-hmm. Um, than the quarterback unfortunately that just didn't happen this year so yeah. getting back to what you originally said the normalcy which will, will, will be nice to be able to maybe and i've talked to people in the organization they still have no idea how the season's going to work out they can open things back up potentially for the media but here's the deal john our media room at one buccaneer place is a meeting room for the quarterbacks right now so mm-hmm. it's possible that tom brady sat in my seat you know at my desk yeah. Uh, probably right. not. It was probably Blaine Gabbard, but it was maybe Tom Brady. Who knows? Bottom line is, is even if the media is back aloud inside the building. And again, it may come down to do you have a vaccination? You know, what's the overall uh, positivity rate in the area? There's so many factors that will go into the decision by the NFL and True. the Players Association has a say. So in this as well, mm-hmm. because, again, it's them that's going to be you know affected if somebody came in with covid. I've also learned that there's, and I say learned, it's 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 out there, but speaking to somebody in the organization, there's not going to be a forced mat- vaccination for the players. The That's mm-hmm. just not going to be the case. I mean, to right. me, it would be nice if they said, okay, everybody has to be vaccinated, employees and all players, coaches, and media who's going to go in. In that case, then – Nobody has to worry about it, but I understand Mm -hmm. people can make personal choices about their body. I respect that completely. I'm personally going to get vaccinated. I know some people aren't. That's fine. No need to argue about it. But, you know, but the bottom line is so that our media room, even though it may be back more open, they may have to put us a media trailer outside. It's chances are we are still not going to be back in our media room talking to somebody in the organization. Again, things are fluid. Things could change. Um, But normalcy. Anything better than last year will be getting step by step closer to normalcy. And uh, we'll see what it ends up being. But I'm hoping to be able to be back at one Buccaneer place. People think, John, working from home is great. And there's a lot of people listening that work from home. And there's a lot of advantages, don't get me wrong. But for somebody like me who can't stop talking, as you're noticing right now, that human interaction, it, it really is a need that people have. You know what I mean? It's an inherent need inside of us to have, you know, human reaction, you know, interaction, I mean. And uh, there's only so many times I can go walk the dogs or, or, or right. talk to my girlfriend or whatever. I, I, you know, I'm a I'm a social person. I even though people think I'm a grumpy ass, I, I still like to interact with people. So I'm personally looking yeah. forward to it. So anyway, sorry yeah. about that long answer. No, for sure,
0: I agree. I think that it's going to be a big change. And the other thing that is for players is going to be a big change, especially undrafted guys. You know, rookie free agent guys. I mean, that's that's a big deal when you if you can get minicamp camp back and get a chance to impress. I mean, remember last year. They're going in cold into camp. I mean, they don't have the rookie mini camp or the mini camp or the OTAs or all that kind of stuff to get them warmed up. There's so- not gonna there's not gonna
1: be on the field. I I again talking to some people and even some stuff that's being reported right now. The NFLPA, they want to do a virtual off season program again. And that's the way it's probably gonna end up being. The question is when training camp starts. I don't know that they're going to open it up to fans like we've had in years past. That would be great because I know just like us, we would love to interact with Tom Brady and Rob Gronkowski and things like that. Um, And another thing, John, a lot of people can't afford to go to games. So their training camp time was their opportunity to bring their kids out, their whole family out and, and see the Buccaneer players up close in person. So I'm hoping it'll get to that point. But before what I understand from talking to people is the, the, the off season, is going to be virtual, which means there's going to, you know, just like last year, these rookies are going to miss out on on the field live reps.
0: Well, um, I mean, there were reports today that it sounded like they were going to maybe start a, l- a little bit of that, but that the NFL didn't plan on the whole thing being virtual like last year, that they, the, the workouts and all of that. So, I mean, I, I think we're moving in the direction toward those yeah. things coming back, but it does it, doesn't. So. it depends a lot about how the next two months go. There's no question about that. So yeah. we'll see, but that would be the key thing to me in the aspect of the offseason for players is getting that time back to be able to get out on the field in some capacity and do some stuff. But again, like with the next two months, like he, like uh, Joel Glazer said today, it's going to be fluid. There's going to be a lot of that stuff that we've kind of got to adjust to and, and, and figure out what's going on uh, in the whole world, really, and then yeah. obviously as it relates to the NFL side of things too. He also talked about the creamsicle jerseys, Mark. And I, where do you fall on this creamsicle jersey thing? John, I, I want to see the fans happy. I don't really, John.
1: Care. John, I'm I'm a night. I, I call myself a '76er. That's not quite accurate. I didn't start watching this football team until 1977, when I was seven years old. So the creamsicle is near and dear to my heart. You've heard the stories I've read written about it before. I literally had Buccaneer clothing since I was a kid with Bucko Bruce on it, orange. I had—I'll never forget—getting the Sears catalog and ordering pajamas, uh, the footy pajamas at that, uh, with an orange terry cloth robe in like 1979. I mean, I was decked out in the Bucko Bruce. That's what I grew up on. That's what I love. I understand there's an entire generation that has never seen that uniform um, as a, as a primary uniform, uh, but I love it. And I will tell you, it's become nostalgic, even to the point where players, uh, when it's by the time the Buccaneers got rid of it, guys like Warren Sapp, they didn't want to see any more orange. But even Warren Sapp, as Scott pointed out in his Fab, I believe last week when he with an interview with Warren talked about that, how you know he misses that, and uh, he relates a great story about ronde barber you know really going to the glazers in 2009 i guess it was and and pushing them to to bring back you know the old uniforms because he came the year after they changed to the new ones and so we never opted to play in them so it's become a nostalgic type thing too so i'm all for it whatever we can do i would i would have loved to have incorporated a little of that in the new design but they didn't that's okay but if we Mm -hmm. can get one game a year
0: as a throwback i I would love it but that again i'm also old so that's why i feel that way (laughs) All right, thumbs up or thumbs down in the chat for whether you like the creamsicle idea, those uniforms coming back. Obviously, their policies with the league that the Bucs are trying to get them. And probably the Bucs are not the only team, I'm sure, trying no, to get the leagues to, to budge on. A there's team. a lot,
1: there's a lot of teams in, in the mailbag a couple of weeks ago. That was a big question. And and yeah. uh and and I and I listed some of the other teams that would really like to be able to do that again. Uh the Titans, for instance, they have the dark blue helmet, right? Mm -hmm. um or do they have a white helmet they used to have white i don't know i think they're wearing a dark blue helmet now but they can't do the old houston oilers thing remember they moved from texas to 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 nashville so there's a lot of teams out there that uh would love to be able to to use to have a two helmet rule in other words an alternate type helmet to be able to change up and do the throwback and it's a revenue generator so you know the owners would love to do it personally yeah i mean because people buy
0: those jerseys and stuff
1: yep there right. be a lot of people. And, and the Buccaneer Team Store carries a few things in the old creamsicle, but they would really have an explosion of sales, in my opinion, if they were able to do the throwback thing for sure. Well,
0: I mean, yeah, I mean about or anything, people go crazy. They love uh, the jersey conversation, and I get it. I mean, that aesthetic, I'm a big aesthetic guy. Um, so I I understand that. I don't think their jerseys, those creamsicles are the prettiest jersey per se, or the best looking but I do value the historical significance and kind of the nostalgia that you're talking about that comes from wearing a Jersey like that. It's a, it's a, it's a great change of pace Jersey. I would love to see it come back in that capacity. I'm glad it's not and, their full Jersey, their full-time and, Jersey. But
1: and, and, and you know what? It pays tribute to people. People laugh about the Buccaneer Bruce thing because it was people related to the Owen 26 start. But if you're going to do that, you have to relate it to the 1979 team that after just four years and it's expansion team, Made it to the NFC Championship game, beat the Eagles, yeah. lost nine nothing to the Rams in the championship game. The eighty-one team that made the playoffs, the eighty-two team in the strikes shortened year that had to win four games in a row to qualify for the playoffs, including a season finale, exciting overtime win against the Chicago Bears, twenty-six to twenty-three with a Bill Capiz field goal in overtime. I remember those games, and they were in orange. The the but also the years after that, where where guys gave their heart and soul to this team, as a guy like James Wilder who never really – he saw the playoffs in 82, but that was it mm-hmm. for him. And he toiled in mediocrity and anonymity, if that's the right word, for years in that uniform. I think it pays a respect to those guys that paved the way. Whether they had great success in them or not, I think it honors the past Buccaneers, and I think it's important to do that one week out of the year at the league.
0: Yeah. No, I love that idea. The long-lost Glazer says the Bumblebee Steelers jerseys are terrible. Yeah, True. they're not my favorite. For a while, they played really well whenever they wore them, so it's kind of like that you wanted them to wear them for that reason, but they're definitely not my favorites. Packers have like some horrible throwbacks. I mean, just like brown pants and oh, yeah. they're, they're awful. Um, but again, like I, I like just seeing different, you know, and I love the, what were the color rush jerseys? I was probably one of the only people that loved the color rush jerseys when they were doing those on Thursday nights. I thought they were sweet. Uh, <laughs> not all, all of them look good. I just like seeing a different jersey, to be honest. I think it's, I, I'm pretty much always a fan of a different jersey, even if I don't like the aesthetic part of it. I like the fact that they do it anyway. So we'll see what direction things head in, if they're able to get those creams. Because I remember Tom Brady commented on Instagram a few, what, a month ago? Maybe yeah. it was after the Super Bowl, and yeah. he was like, need to find a way to get these back. And he he, was he sells a TB12
1: orange shirt. I mean, mm-hmm. that's in his catalog. By the way, those shirts are $40 a piece. That's why I haven't ordered one yet. But wow. Yeah, he's, so he's see, getting pretty Maybe
0: Maybe when you get in the locker room this year, you can see if TB will hook you up a little bit. Later. I'm just going to grab one. Because he has been lot. sitting in your chair this whole time. I mean, Exactly.
1: Yeah, he's... he's he better not leave any trash on you know, any any T B twelve. Well, you know what? I take that back. If he wants to leave some of the product there, some protein powders, some minerals, vitamins, I'm all for it. So
0: yeah, that's again. True. I
1: have a feeling it's Blaine Gabbard who's been in my chair this whole time. Oh, you think he's
0: been in your chair? Yeah. Yeah. Looking you for some what? old Copenhagen. Yeah. Have you seen this yet? I know I'm holding no. a DVD and people are like what's that? Yes, I watched it. This is the Bucks Super Bowl DVD. I watched it by the way, and I thought of it uh because somebody said bring back the alarm clock jerseys. My wife and I, Brit. Britt and I were watching that the the box DVD of this past season, and uh, we were talking about how their uniforms are just awesome. I mean, they just, the all Peters are great. I just love their uniforms in general now, but I really think the alarm clock jerseys were maybe one of the worst uniforms in NFL history, maybe ever. It may be the worst in NFL history for a lot of reasons. But one of those reasons is obviously the alarm clock numbers, the reasons everybody talks about. And I don't know if people talk about these or not, because I wasn't around when they were wearing them like I am now. But the orange, like, striping, Mm -hmm. like, that they have, I mean, just horrendous to me. Like, why in the world would you put orange with, like – Again, they were
1: trying to appease – the old people like me by giving a hint of the old color,
0: but that made it worse, right?
1: Like to me, that would have
0: made it way worse. You know, I could
1: have lived with those uniforms except the number design, which was just ridiculous. Again, I'm a fan of the classic. You know what? I love Florida state. Everybody knows that. I love their uniforms. I hate when they change and go to an alternate uniform. I like the classic garnet and gold, Um, but uh, I'm a, I'm a fan of like Penn state, Notre Dame's uniforms. They've been the same essentially since the beginning of time. again, You guys can tell I'm an old, uh, what do you call old people? Boomers? I don't know. Uh, My son calls me weird names all the time, but I like the old, just classic clean look. And those uniforms wouldn't have been the the worst, except that just why they thought that those number designs were going to be, I mean, maybe they were trying to be futuristic. I don't know what happened, but that was just a terrible, terrible decision.
0: Trevor and I, when we would be on the Locked On NFL Draft podcast, we would talk about uniforms for like whole shows at some time. People have <laughs> yes. such strong opinions, that it always cracks me up. You can see that in the comments. J- John, right what is, one
1: of our top stories last year. Yes, I think it was our top road. story. <laughs> I think it was, what could the Buccaneers uniforms possibly look like? And our good friend Samer from Loose Cannons, actually, you know, he's That's a great right. graphic designer, came up with some prototypes, and people went crazy. So you're right, man. Uniform questions, uniform discussion, you can never <laughs> go wrong with it. Yeah. Fact, Everybody yeah. has an opinion.
0: I love it. I love that it, that extends. That. I think a lot of topics that weren't like on-field related. People, we would get yelled. Who cares about twelve that. personnel? Damn it! Are they wearing Bucko Bruce are this they, year? What are they wearing for their jerseys? That definitely yeah. is part of it. All right. So we we also heard from a man called named Leonard Fournette, as we call him on this podcast. Leonard. We heard from Leonard on the podcast, or on the on the media availability today, and he talked about. Antonio Brown. <laughs> we got to talk about him man, you know, because you know John, man, he's just is...
1: he's just misunderstood, you
0: know. Antonio
1: Brown's misunderstood. Um I would say that he's not understood. There's a difference between misunderstood because I don't understand Antonio Brown. I understand nothing about this guy. I met Antonio Brown the first time at uh the first year of the Pro Bowl was in Orlando. And first of all, I didn't realize how small of a guy he was. Again, you can't tell just watching somebody on television until you see him in person without a uniform and jur- uh, shoulder pads and things like that. It was crazy. First time I met him, one of the nicest guys in an interview. I was totally surprised. I expected, you know, receivers tend to, to be prima donnas, and but you know, he was jovial. He was nice. He was answering mm-hmm. all the questions. So I had no idea that the man was a complete nut. Um, and we, you know, we've learned that since then. And uh, but but Leonard said he's. He's misunderstood. I tend to say he's just not understood. There's a big difference between the two, but Leonard knows
0: he better than you and I do. Right. I mean, I think, yeah, Leonard's obviously entitled to his experience, but he has to understand it's anecdotal and it doesn't take away from the bigger picture with a guy like Antonio Brown, obviously. It is, I mean, I do think, I do appreciate Leonard's transparency just in general um, about himself. And, you know, I said this before he re-signed that I, I really think for Leonard, there's like, an emotional layer to this, and he really exposed that today too, and, and made me look actually smart for saying that because I think this was really an emotional decision for him. He said he could have gotten more money elsewhere. Uh, I think, professionally speaking, he probably should have gone elsewhere. Uh, I don't think the Bucks are going to stay with just he and Rojo. Even if they did, uh, Keyshawn Vaughn's giving in the mix. I bet they draft somebody who's in the mix. Leonard might be the best of those three, but is it going to be to the point where he gets an overwhelming amount of touches? even in an offensive like Bruce Arians where they're not going to run the ball that much anyway. I just, I'm not sure this was the best decision professionally to get his stock where it should be after this season, but personally, which is why he said he made the decision today. Obviously it was the right decision and he values that probably more now than he ever has. He said he'd never been cut before from anything he's ever done. And so that what that did to him as a person, you know, definitely shook up his world and his perspective. And I think it's deepened, who he is the person. So I appreciated him sharing that and appreciate him being real about that. I mean, that was uh, obviously I, a humbling experience I, for him.
1: I like Leonard Fournette as a interview more than a football player, to be honest with you. I, I love his candidness. He's a funny, mm-hmm. he's a really funny guy, even on social media. <laughs> Levante David was in Jamaica or somewhere in the islands on vacation last week. And uh, he posted a picture of Levante kind of posing on the beach and he's got matching like an, a, a tropical pair of shorts and a tropical shirt i'll uh, i'll tweet it out on our our, our p report tw- twitter in a little while but <laughs> leonard just goes them shorts are pretty short aren't they levante or something like that he was <laughs> cracking on the length of his shorts and i know what they were they were like he's always joking basketball shorts but that's just a funny kind of observational humor that this guy has and he's really good in interviews you know what i mean i, I really i really enjoy him I, you know i think he's a he's a he's a good football player uh i think the buccaneers could have lived without him but if yeah. you don't have him on your team, well, that is a hole that you've got to feel. and it certainly becomes a a, a a pressing draft need. Now, by re-signing him, that gives them more flexibility with, with what to do. They're not going to have to reach for a running back. I think they reached a little bit with Keyshawn Vaughn last year. I think the guys they wanted went sooner than they did, and I w- mm-hmm. wouldn't call it a panic move, but – you know, they're like, we better get one of, you know, somebody. And, and I believe that they like Keyshawn Vaughn. I don't know that they liked him where they drafted him at specifically, but, uh and and production didn't match certainly where where he was drafted. But uh the fact that they've got a Leonard Fournette back tells me that, uh you know, Netwood doesn't tell me. It just, we know now that that just gives them a little bit more flexibility yeah. with their draft plans and their draft boards a little bit. Although if my man... And your man, and really everybody on Pew Report is all aboard this. Najee Harris is available at 32. I know. You don't know, have running backs in the first round. Well, it's the 32nd pick, which is essentially the second round. So stop it with the nonsense. Damn it. He makes this football team a hell of a lot better if he's on this football team. So he screw don't. all you haters on the first round running back crap. It's it's not. I didn't say draft him at number five. I said draft him at number 32.
0: Right. Uh and you also said trade up for him though. That's right. That was line. only
1: because we had to do it. That's Scott true. came up with the worst round table topic, or maybe you did. I know
0: so I forget who originally did way it. to go.
1: but I thought that was the you know I mean it got a lot of good reads and discussion, so it wasn't the worst right. but it did get a pe- lot of
0: good discussion.
1: Pe- people were like, you're crazy and my whole point and you prefaced yours, you were smarter than me. I put it at the very bottom, <laughs> listen, I'm not doing this. I'm not trading up for a running back, but you preface it right off the bat with uh, I would absolutely not, but if I had to, this is what I would do right And that's what it was. I'd know I would still not trade up for thirty to thirty one maybe to 30 possibly but I'm not moving up to 15 to get to get a running back no
0: yeah I didn't I mean obviously Najee Harris uh watching his pro day yesterday watching him catch the ball then interview I love I mean you do you love the personality he's just an awesome dude if you've never heard him interviewed go check it out man James Palmer talked to him after his pro day he's just a unique dude not many people are that comfortable and and not many kids, especially are that comfortable Have that much personality right there on display, you know, at every media session. And so I just enjoy him a lot as a person I enjoy. He's also gone and talked about some really deep things before during his media availabilities. And I really appreciate that is just seems like a super mature dude. Um, And so I I love that part of it. I love his, his receiving ability in this, with this weaponry would be pretty crazy i mean he he was split out wide at bam he played in the slot he ran real routes he worked all in his time he was like the whole reason he came back he wanted to be able to basically do everything a wide receiver could do he was saying and so it would be a lot like the david johnson situation for bruce arians being able yeah. to have a player like that i think which could obviously help the offense so i am on board with the nagyars pick obviously it depends who else is on the board i'm one of the reasons i'm on the board is because i with it is because i just don't Love the draft class as a whole, and I'd like to get you can hit that pick, even if it's a four or five year player at a position that's less valuable. You can hit on that pick, I'd like it. Uh, There's a lot of players I like that could be there Jalen Phillips, Landon Dickerson, that have questions, health wise, you know, not not character for Dickerson, but you know, there's there's a lot of players that I, I like in that regard, but they would be there would be some element of risk. So if it works out great, but to me, Najee Harris is one of the safer picks in the draft. And I know there's no safe picks in the draft,
1: but did did you see, did you see uh Baldy's breakdown of of Dickerson the other day? <laughs> I didn't see it. Baldi's Good Lord. And, and you know, what hurts me is let's not forget he was a Florida state player who transferred out and he was terrible at Florida state, which tells me coaching was the big problem there, which has been a problem with the offensive line at of Florida state really since Dalvin right. cook was there, honestly. But, uh, Man, it, every time I would see this guy, I think what he could, how he could have maybe helped Florida State over the last three years. But watch, uh, go look up Brian Baldinger his uh, his breakdowns on Twitter and social media, and look for the one of of, of Landon. It is just tremendous. This guy, this guy just loves to pick off guys. Like you know, on a stunt, a guy comes around and doesn't expect. He loves the blindside and just knock the piss out of defensive ends linebackers that are blitzing i mean he's just a man i mean he's just a he's just a bad man and you hate to see that knee injury that he had late in the season uh but uh but hopefully he's back 100 percent and doing better what jamar jefferson of oregon state I, I just like to throw up these draft questions every once yeah
0: in a i know some people mentioned him yesterday too i haven't looked at him yet i'm going to eventually but i know he's kind of a, a late i wouldn't yeah i guess you call him a sleeper uh type of pl- type of player slash prospect. So, um, you know, he's somebody we'll have to take a look at. There'll be all those day three type of running backs will be guys that are on our list now because especially as the position may have moved down in priority and we just don't think Najee Harris is going to be there. I mean, again, if he is awesome, but I, I don't know that that's going to be the case. No, I, mean,
1: I don't think he's going to be there either. I really don't. Um, I mean, you know, I'll tell teams you who is need
0: running backs ahead of
1: him. You know who is going to be there for you, John? Who is? If Najee Harris isn't going to be there, if Travis Etienne isn't going to be there, If Mac Jones is not going to be there for you,
0: you know who's going to be there for you? Our friends over at briargreavesinsurance.com.
1: They're always there for you. And that's what I love about Briar Greaves. I actually, on my lunch break today, had to run to a property that I have because I had had an insurance claim a while back. And Briar Greaves made it so simple for me. I actually had a question uh, when this process was going on. I immediately called. Diana called me. Sam called me. And Bryer called me. They all three called me to make sure that I had my question answered and got in touch with the right person. And the claim was handled and taken care of. I couldn't get that kind of service if I went to the big box 800 stores, John. You mm. need the personal touch that Briar Greaves brings to the table. And that's why I love dealing with Greaves insurance. They're my insurance provider for my homeowners. Same for Scott Reynolds. But even if you don't own a home, you probably rent. If you rent, you need renter's insurance. You can get renter's insurance for less than $200 for the entire year. Maybe you own a business. You can get commercial liability insurance, workman's comp. There's a million types of insurances that people have to have. And everybody listening here needs some form of insurance, the Greaves services. So please give them a call. It's so important for our sponsors to know that their advertising is being effective. Again, there's no reason not to call Briar Greaves. At the very least, let them compare what you have. You may think that your homeowner's policy is a great rate. Here's what happens, John. You just bought a home. Your insurance premium, your property taxes are all in escrow. It's included in your monthly mortgage payment. So you just know you write that check every month or do a direct draft, however you pay your mortgage payment. And you don't really think about your homeowner's insurance, but you don't realize that year after year, it tends to go up and go up and go up and go up. And it's not, you don't really think about it because it's not a bill where they hand you a homeowner's bill and say, pay this by this date. It's kind of not thought about. So that's why it's important to go with Briar Greaves, at least give them a call. Let them look at your insurance. John, I know you just bought this house, give Briar Reeves a call. You haven't done that yet. I'm going to keep on you until you do it. Just let them compare and see what you have. They might be able to save you some money. You may be overinsured. You may be underinsured. You may be paying too much money. Give Briar Reeves a call. 813-876-4166. Again, 813-876-4166. I promise you'll be happy that you did. Even if they can't help you with insurance, they're Buccaneer fans and you guys can chew the fat about your favorite football team.
0: Love it. Good stuff from Grooves Insurance as always. Uh, somebody mentioned my internet uh, crapping out earlier on the show. That was uh, not my internet. That was the issue the other day. There's a lot of issues. Uh, the area that I'm uh, that I'm in is being like fully developed. So we were told we'd have connection issues after we were here for a while and it's you've noticed probably it's happened time from time to time. It's, and it's, it was the worst it ever been on Monday show, Monday show. Yeah. Um So apologies for that. I meant to mention it yesterday on the show and, and forgot about it as we got into the show, but apologies for that on Monday show. Didn't know it was going to be the case. Hadn't been bad all day. And it, it's really is the worst uh, it, it ever is when we're, when we're going live at times. So um, yeah. as the area gets developed, I live basically in that Riverview area. That's being like, there's, Stuff just everywhere now. It's why just mama? Um, why mama? Yeah, so why hopefully mama? that, yeah, why technically why mama, but literally <laughs> it's Riverview. I don't know why yeah. it's a why mom address, but um, but anyway, yeah, so it'll be uh, it could be an issue from time to time, but we've also done some things to help improve it. And I think the biggest change, hopefully it's been good today. And hopefully it's been, it was good yesterday. It's really good today. You should probably call Barack Reeves for some internet insurance. They probably You're have to talk to my wife about that. She handles <laughs> all of that kind of stuff, man. That's all that kind of, that's, that's outside your boy, your boys' wheelhouse for sure. No. Well, no I mean, how would you have
1: that. time to handle that, John? You're like a twenty four hour machine uh, on football. So, you <laughs> know, to be, just, do to your be. kid. Do your kids remember your name? I, t- I just want to make they sure do. you have it.
0: Okay, good. That's that's it. Part. Though I, only people only like, my kids, my wife, and the work. That's it, man. Like yeah. So nobody else knows my name. That's the problem. <laughs> Toby Valores says, "Peter, report expense upgrade those bandwidths, man. Yeah, it's not an internet kid. We have a really." Yeah, really fast internet here. It's just, uh, a, yeah, it's not a, not an internet connection thing, um, not in terms of what we pay for in terms of internet. Anyway, are you using um, again? I
1: don't know. I'm not a, a computer guru, but are you using uh, like a a modem, a Wi-Fi type? Deal yeah, or brand, new modem, brand new modem. Brand new modem. Have you ever the tried plugging in and hardwiring
0: directly you in? Can't or? can't do that. But that would be the move. Another uh, part of the another part of the issue is why there's a lot of connection issues right now. And Stephen Che was actually telling me this is that uh, there's a lot of connection issues for people in general because everybody's working from home still with COVID and more and more people will probably work from home moving forward. So Internet service providers are stepping up their game in different parts and trying to figure out where their spots are that are trouble. And so that's also affected things a little bit um, as well. So. Yeah, that not always not been often been something I can control. Uh, frustrates me more than it frustrates y'all when it happens. But hopefully, we're getting to a place where it can be a little bit more stable uh, than it's been. We had pro days today, Mark, and it was. I mean, let me tell you, these guys are moving. And that, I mean, I know it's pro days, and and they're not the same thing as the combine, and there's no question about that. I don't have any qualms about saying that. Um, but I also like to get excited about players who are really, really good athletes. And we have a lot of great athletes in this class. I don't know what it's going to look like um, on the large scale with a lot of these guys. You know, how will they be in the NFL? Their tape, it's question marks. But um, I do think on the NFL side of things, there's a lot, a lot of promise in this class and a lot of really good players and so or a lot of really good potential um, with this group. And so uh, it's fun and it's exciting. Obviously, Cal Pitts did unbelievable things. Uh, today at his pro day ran a 444 was what I saw in the 40 and he really didn't have the greatest start either I really he kind of swerved at the start and still ran a 444 his craziness he's plenty fast obviously you didn't need anybody to tell you about his level of athleticism um you know that's been clear for a while weren't quite as many uh Bucks related prospects some people have talked about Boogie Basham as a potential pro day option um I should say, I don't know that I would say that he is a, a top Bucks type of, of pick, but he had, a, he had a good day for sure. I think he ran like four, what do you run, four, six something. Um, he had a pretty decent three cone. He's like one of those guys, 274 pounds, Mark, and he has kind of like a, a bad body. Like he's kind of like right. doesn't really look the part um, like some of these other guys do, but his tape's just good. He's kind of like Rashad Weaver from Pitt. He's just kind of crafty. Then he wins that way, um, and I think he'll translate okay to the NFL too. My John, thing with Basham is I'd like to bulk up and move inside maybe. I think that's where he could be at his best. Hey John, if we're going to look at
1: bad bodies, I mean, look, Shaq Barrett does not have the prototypical <laughs> body of a guy that had 19 and a half sacks, but somehow he gets it done. So I – I, I I've, again, maybe it's because I'm old, but you know, you've know, you got four years of tape or three years of tape on, mm. on these guys and and people, I think maybe, you know, I love I love watching the combine and it's interesting and things like that. But teams fall in love with guys based on what they're doing in short sometimes and ignore the production on the tape. Again, I get it right. Um, you know, you've got to have some athleticism. Uh, but there are guys out there that just didn't test well at the combine who are stars in the NFL and there's even more guys who are just off the charts at the combine who are just total flops in the league. So I, I, I'm an old school guy. I, I want to see what you do on taping game situations. Um, if 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 it was just athleticism, then, you know, there would be 100 Olympic athletes in the in the NFL. There would be WD, right. WWE wrestlers. In the NFL, I mean, again, just because you're athletic doesn't mean you're a football player. And and the tape shows football players a lot more than pro days and and running around in shorts.
0: Right. And you you have to marry the two. Like there are thresholds that have to be hit for athleticism to be for you to be able to translate to the NFL. The vast majority of the time, there are occasional outliers. But the guys you want to bet on, um, you know, are guys that kind of fall under certain thresholds. And so it's very helpful information. But like you said, most important thing will always be the tape. It's always good to be athletic. But to me, athleticism, what it does more than anything in athletic testing is it takes people off my board. It doesn't move people up my board. You know, if right. I see a guy on tape and he can't move, it's just, you know, he tests great, but it doesn't happen on the field. I mean, Jordan right. Willis, Scott mentioned him the other day as a Kansas State guy. He was one of those guys. He just couldn't do it on the field. A senior bowl, yeah, I think he had three sacks in the senior bowl game. Every one, the quarterback's at like 12 or 13 yards of depth, <laughs> and he's just cornering, hitting the guy. Well, I'm like, well, that's not realistic. In the NFL, like, yeah. you're not going to get that kind of an angle to the pocket. And so for right. me, I was like, I can't do it. I can't have him on my board. And then he had an unbelievable combine and everybody's like, oh, he's killing the pre-draft process. He's gone up the board. And I was just like, nope, I'm going to keep him right there. I think he was a late third round guy for me. He ended up getting drafted in the same range, I think. And then obviously he's done a bunch of nothing so far in his career. So that was when you hit on where you're like, man, I'm not going to let the athletic testing move me because the tape wasn't there. But if a guy's tape is good and then his testing is very poor and below thresholds, that's when I tend to say, like, all right, you're off. And then if the tape is yeah. bad and the testing is bad, that's when I'm probably not drafting yeah. you at all. Yeah, <laughs> so, exactly. Like Isaac Nowda for Georgia, I kind of liked this tape. I could, I could see him. You know, he could block and he could do some things. I thought maybe Isaac is a, a guy that I could take in the late third round. So I had him kind of graded in there. Then he ran like a four nine forty, and I'm like, well, look at all the tight ends in NFL history who've ever run a four nine forty at the combine. There's never been a good one. Like the best yeah. you're going to get is a number three blocking tight end, and so. Then he was in the fifth, sixth round in my board, and so at that point you're probably not not drafting him when you get to that range. You're going to like somebody else a little bit more probably. So that's kind of how I I, I assess that stuff with the athletic testing. We'll see, We'll talk a little bit more about this tomorrow on the show, by the way. Tomorrow at pewreport.com, my edge defender rankings for this class are dropping. I'm working through the last couple names now. I'll probably be up late finishing typing it out tonight, um, and those rankings will be up early in the morning for you guys to take Do a you look at. Wanna- do you want to announce your special guest for next week? Or are you going to hold off on that. I can announce my special guest for next week because I, I think we can count on him. He does have a huge project that's coming up uh, this week and why he couldn't be on the show this week. So tomorrow we'll talk about my edge defender rankings on the show, but uh, next week, next Thursday we've got Dane Brugler from the athletic lined up to come on the show. And we are excited about that. He's yeah, that'll be Dane really is, good. He, he's working on the draft guide this week that he has come out the beast. If you don't know, it, check it out. If you're not subscribed to the athletic, you got to do it, man. You Should can't we not go? Should we not go through the draft without that thing? It's it's the best. Uh, so he's working on that this week. It's going to come out. He's editing it. It's going to come out. It'll be mid next week, and then we'll have him on the show Thursday to talk about his guide, but also to talk about the quarterback class. That's actually, what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about all the, the Kellen Mons, Davis Mills. We're going to talk about those guys, and then day three and undrafted free agents, sleeper, toolsy type of quarterbacks that everybody's hoping could be. Like the next Tom Brady or whatever, and see if the Bucks can develop that guy. Those
1: happen a lot. Those happen a lot. Shouldn't we announce next Tuesday's special guest, John? If you,
0: if it's locked in, it's locked in. It's
1: locked in, man. It is locked in, and we can count on him, Mister Reliable himself, number eighty four, near and dear to your heart. Mister Cam Brady is going to join us at four o'clock next Tuesday. Uh, spoke with Cam yesterday. He's all about it. He's excited to do it and to uh, to say hi yeah. to the Pewter Report uh, readers and listeners and, and viewers out there. So Cam Brate's going to be on on Tuesday with us. And uh, as of now, he's still a Buccaneer. Are we yeah. going to are we going to hit him hard with that question, John? I, are we just going to go right to it and be like, "Hey, dude,
0: listen." Tuesday. Uh, what are they going to do? Tuesday is Tuesday is Britt's birthday, so I will not be on that show. That's if right. You, that'll Give be you and God. Scott, but I. I very much hope that you ask him about his uh yeah, situation with the team and all of that and, and taking a pay cut last year and whether that was a hard decision for him as you know, obviously he I I'll feel never I'd like be a number three th- tight end and I want to know what, what his perspective on that is.
1: I, I remember Cam when 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 the Buccaneers re-signed him to that lucrative deal a, a couple of years ago. I remember being at the press conference at one Buccaneer Place and he and I were were just talking and I remember I asked him, I said, you know, he's a Harvard grad, right? Mm-hmm. You figure people that get out of Harvard, their average starting salary is you know, I don't know, a couple hundred thousand dollars, maybe more than if you went to, you know, say the university of Florida, where you're going to be making probably $9 an hour at McDonald's when you graduate from that awful institution, but a place like Harvard, certainly you would expect, but I jokingly said to him, how many years would you have to have worked with a Harvard degree in the regular field to make what you're going to make in one season playing football? And he just laughed. He goes, I don't know, man, a lot, a lot, Yeah, you know, you talk about a guy that's just, I mean, not, no, I'm not saying this guy's not just, Oh, I'm just content being in the NFL. Uh, but I mean, he has to probably pinch himself every once in a while, because growing up, I mean, while he was a great athlete, uh, he went to Harvard. He didn't go to Alabama. He didn't go to Florida state. He didn't go to Oregon. He didn't go to university of Florida. He went to Harvard, not known for putting out great NFL talent other than Ron mm-hmm. Fitzpatrick, of course. But bottom line is, is, you know, the, the thing, you know, he's making 6 million. Oh, wait, I had to take a 2 million pay cut. But I'm only making 4.5 million. Again, how many years, if he would have graduated with a degree in engineering, per se, or, uh, you know, American literature from Harvard, how many years would he have had to work what he's going to make in just one season uh playing in the NFL? So Cam, Cam's just a good, humble guy. You know what I mean? He's, he's a multimillionaire, but uh, but uh he's just a down-to-earth guy uh, i know he's been at different peter report events a lot of our readers and and, and listeners yeah. have, have have met him before just a good dude so i'm excited i hope he sticks around with his football team i think he will i think yeah. they've uh I, I think i think they saw the value in having a cambrate last year uh when yeah. oj howard went down
0: it sure seems like they're trying to make that the last resort man letting him yeah. go and at this point i don't know that it's near necessary i mean they can Again, that was how much money you'd want to push down the road rather than take come, cutting in his six-and-a-half mil. It will be really interesting to see if he stays at six-and-a-half mil. I, that would just be crazy. Um, I, I don't
1: – yeah, I, I can't imagine. It's that a that
0: lot happened. of money for a number three tight end. That's a just –
1: but if you could do but, but it, but Cam you know, and his agent know. are going to say, well, I was the number two tight end for most of the That's year right. last year. And, and, and I'm gonna like, gonna
0: say, "Hey, take this bank out or hit the road. <laughs> and, and again,
1: he's you know, I've mentioned it. If you follow him on social media, you know that he's, you know, engaged. He's built a house here in South Tampa. We've renovated one. Right. He loves it in the Tampa Bay area. He's good friends with his team. A lot of guys in this team. Um, Kane Kane go away says if OJ could ever stay on the field he'd be better than Gronk and Brady in my opinion okay,
0: easy on Gronk my goodness did people watch Gronk play last year I honestly wonder if Gronk and Brady connected on all those throws where Gronk was open and he was the only dude for most of the season Brady couldn't hit down the field what people's pers- I mean he would have had a 900 yard season I'm gonna cut after the draft I'm gonna cut all those plays where Gronk is wide open behind the defense and Brady misses him for huge gains and touchdowns i'm going to add up the yardage i'm going to say if brady would have hit these passes and everybody knows how i feel about brady so i'm obviously not trying to slander him but right. if brady would hit these couple passes and sometimes it was protection was an issue and and you know there was one of the Saints game where protection was the issue if he hits all these passes we're talking about gronk and hold like that's the kind of production that was on the table for him and, and he barely even did anything the first four weeks of the season so i i don't know Can't, gronk to me is still a premier tight end in the league i'm not saying he's tier one with kittle and kelsey right now but he's he's top of tier. I think
1: the question is, can O.J. be in that top tier one level if he were able to stay healthy and and and, and figure things out? Because, I mean, from an athletic standpoint, I'm going to go back to when Trevor was with us and he did a lot of draft work on O.J. Howard. And I don't know why. Well, I do know why because he's a genius. But we thought at that point, you know, he doesn't get out of the top 15. There's no way he makes it down to number 19 yeah. for the Buccaneers. But but Trevor did a lot of work on, on Gronk and – I mean, I'm sorry, on O.J. And um, his – you talk about athleticism – I mean, the guy is, is a terrific athlete and, uh, you know, his ability to get out of his stance, a three point stance and into a pass route was one of the quickest that Trevor had ever seen from a college prospect. And he just, his ability to get into the pass route and his quickness and those kind of things. Now, for whatever reason, he hasn't put it all together. We've yet to see, uh, OJ Howard at his, his, his top. I don't think, uh, maybe we have, maybe it is that he's, doesn't finish a season maybe it is a 550 yard guy but athletic ability tells me there's more uh more to that than 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 what we've seen so far from oj howard i think i don't know that he's like you say in the kelsey kittle range uh but we don't know because we just haven't seen him
0: well i think we we what we have seen him when he's been on the field has indicated way more that he's very talented and very and could be very good than than not i mean that's that's my take on it anyway i mean to me when i Watch what he did in 2018. He's one of the best tight ends in the league in 2018. I know the Bucks weren't a good team, but right. he was good. And especially considering what everything else that was going on there at the time, I mean, he was hit a good season. And then, yeah, 2019, he did not start the season well. He didn't wasn't as ready as he should have been. It, that Bruce Aarons' offense, that he said it himself, is one of the hardest in the league for tight ends. It totally changed what he was doing. The amount that they asked you to block and pass protect, and not just block, but iso block defensive ends and figure that out pre-snap based on alignments and and, and when they go to the jumbos and all of that. Like It's a lot for a tight end. So, yeah, he wasn't ready for that, and he started 2019 slow, and then he got hurt in the middle of the season, and then he was good again at the end of the season. He was making plays yeah. down the field, and then this past season, beginning of 2020, he's making plays. like He was great. Brady loves him. If you don't trust Brady on it, I mean, Brady thinks right. he could be a, a beast for them. And, yes, he has to stay healthy. I get that. To me, that's not a knock on OJ. That's just the way luck that you know luck has gone in, in his situation. So we'll see what happens with him. Charlie saying I'm trying to trash Cam Braid. I don't know where <laughs> I said that. I just said it would be unusual for him to take a pay cut and then be at that be at a higher rate this season than he was last year when they asked him to take a pay cut. Especially given how high the Bucks or tight the Bucks cap situation is. I didn't say anything trashing him. I I praised Braid actually for uh, up and down for the playoffs and and how. Yeah. Important he was um in that playoff rate. Right? I mean, with OJ getting hurt, but at the, you can only do the if guys get hurt so often. I mean, like you could do that with every position, but at the end of the day, you have to figure out where you want to spend that kind of money and spending what's Gronk, I mean, Gronk's if he gets to 10 mil and then what's OJ six and then it came six and a half. Your number three, 10 and making six and a half million is just bonkers in today's NFL. <laughs> it's just crazy. He's only going to get on the field for like 10 snaps. If half, more
1: than half the starters tight end ones in the league aren't making six and a half million dollars
0: and your number three tight end has to be a blocker like when you go three tight end sets you want that guy to be able to block and that's not really what break does so i've all literally said too that break would start most other teams i mean that's how devoid the tight end position is around the league that that's why i said like it really on paper it makes a ton of sense for break to be somewhere else from his perspective but he loves Tampa and he loves being here and if that's that personal part of it matters just like i said with leonard i'm just trying to say professionally speaking those guys probably had opportunities to do more and make more money elsewhere. Now, if Bray doesn't have to take a pay cut, I'll be wrong on that. We'll see how that all shakes out uh, by the time that the that the Benedict John Arnold is back. Known Cameron Bray-Hater, run Dax says. Uh, Cam Bray-Hater, I guess that's me at this point. I don't know. I think um, he meant Benedict Arnold, right? Or did he, he did, yeah. called Arnold, yeah. Uh, maybe. He
1: did. I, think he did. I think he's I trying think Ren, to use my Ren, first Ren, name. Ren's yeah. been dipping into the uh, grandpa's cough syrup a little bit already earlier today. He claimed in an earlier chat thing that he could beat OJ in a foot race today. Uh, maybe I mean, if OJ's Achilles is still bad, but no, I, I'm, <laughs> no, no I'm, James I'm, I'm taking OJ on that
0: one, yeah, for sure. Um, Tanner M said, Bros, don't forget Tanner H is going to the Pro Bowl, baby. Four good tight ends on this roster. And hey, they really trying to make Tanner Hudson a thing, man. I'll give the Bucks credit. Gave there. him an opportunity to catch a it's touchdown a in a Super Bowl, and he blew it, <laughs> blew it
1: awful route, John. I will say, Ren. You would have ran a better route than Camber. I mean, sorry, than uh Tanner did in that Super Bowl. That That's was just right. a bad route,
0: agreed. Yes, that was a frustrating moment in the super. I really want to see him like hit 40. You know, that would have been just a cool, you know, 40 yeah. forty points in the Super Bowl. They could have too, very easily. Yeah. Uh, not yeah, uh, anyway. No reason to revisit that now. Um, uh, Bucks Time says at least John likes AB back to the team now. Uh, I don't know what that means, but. Um, A.B. on the field has always been a player very, very, very important to any team that he's been on. So that hasn't changed to me. I mean, I think he's still a really good football player. It's the other stuff that you get bogged down by uh, in that situation. Tony, uh, Michael Henderson wants to know, do we know if they are reworking any more contracts to free up cap? Don't think it's the plan right at this second But I think it's probably on their docket if they need to to be able to do so. They have got yeah. They know
1: they know who they know who the potential targets are if they need to do that, and they've Mm -hmm. had some preliminary discussions. But as of right now, it's um, it's it's really full speed ahead uh, in draft mode for everybody in that front office right now. Certainly, if somebody were to become available that they thought could help the football team, they're not going to be against signing it, but they're not actively out there looking for. Guys to sign. um I, I spoke to somebody last night, and it's 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 full speed ahead right now in the draft.
0: Yeah, I, I think I think that's the that's the folks. And really, I mean, extension for Carlton Davis is unlikely anyway at this point. But it's it's probably not even in the cards or make sense for either side. But also, it wouldn't clear any cap space, really. Um, you know, extension for Jensen could be interesting, but I think they might be willing to wait it out and see how that goes with Ryan Jensen. What? what kind of money is he going to get on the free agent market? If he got an extension now, you might be paying him something similar to what you're paying him now, and maybe he's a free agent. You wouldn't. Uh, So we'll have to see how all of that goes. Um, And I think most of the other players, Godwin's the guy they'll keep trying to probably work something out with, but with a lower cap hit this year, so they wouldn't need to clear space for him necessarily. But everybody else, I think they're pretty comfortable with riding into the season and, and saying, we don't need to extend anybody else right now which is probably the right perspective to have. Like I said, uh, Carlton's the one guy, Carlton and Godwin will be the focus next off season. And, but you know, not much space to clear with Carlton. If you extended him now, he probably wouldn't be interested in that either right now. So um, I think they'll stand pat. I think we'll see. Jason Pierre Paul is another one in season. I could see if he's playing well, playing healthy, slap a year on in season, keep him around. I could see something like that happening too. So we'll see how that process goes uh, with that. Um, other Pro Day information to wrap up the show today. I don't think there were any other really Bucks related uh, targets in the Pro Day, but one guy it, it is, does have a Pro Day coming up that Scott and I discussed at length today, Mark, and he's Peyton Turner from Houston. Scott and I are kind of going back and forth on him today. Scott kind of wants him to replace Will Golston someday, be a five technique. I kind of want him to see him play on the edge. His Pro Day is coming up. He's a guy that if you're a Bucs fan and you're in the chat and you like checking out these prospects – there's two names I'll throw out there for you to check out that I haven't seen many people mention. Check out Peyton Turner. I don't even know if the Bucs are his best fit necessarily. Uh, check out Peyton Turner. He's going to be higher on my edge rankings tomorrow. A little sneak peek. going to be higher on my edge rankings tomorrow than you've probably seen him other places. Uh, along with Peyton Turner, when you're talking when you're looking at linebackers and you're saying, who could be a linebacker in the future for this team? Devontae David, two-year deal. Uh, it, it wouldn't be necessarily a priority to get somebody in to replace him right now, but it could be eventually – uh there's a Purdue linebacker, uh, Derek Barnes, who I really like in this class and is not getting much talk. You can't even find him on the draft network or pro football focuses simulators or or unless they just put him in on pro football focus, maybe. But um, he's a guy that I think is gonna go in the top 100. <laughs> Let's put it that way, wow. conservatively for now. Then people aren't even talking about him. He has a he has a lot of traits he wanted the linebacker position, range, physicality, tackles. So those two guys, uh, you know, Purdue linebacker Derek Barnes and uh, Houston edge rusher uh, Peyton Turner, who was at the senior bowl, 6'5", 270, big, long, lean, uh, high cut guy, but very physical, very aggressive. And I think he could be kind of like an interior exterior rusher that helped the team out in a couple uh, different spots. So those are your two draft prospect names to have on your radar. And um, uh, Peyton Turner's pro day, I believe is April 9th, I want to say. So it's coming up and we'll uh, see what the numbers are uh, look like from that one,
1: John. I just I just found our uh, roundtable topic for Sunday. This is a good one from Long Lost Glazer. Would you trade our fourth, fifth, sixth, and seventh round pick to move up for another third this year? Long shots, as is, and this roster is loaded—quality or quantity um wow that's an interesting I've, topic
0: yeah uh, it is an interesting topic I'll give a sneak peek into what I say I know that the Bucks roster is loaded and but that changes quickly and I want to get as much young talent in as possible and if you get young talent in it, it means guys like Anthony Nelson get pushed out the door or Javon Hagan get pushed out the door or whoever CB Ford is or Herb Miller gets pushed out the door or Josh Wells or Brad Seaton get pushed out the door that's good that's a good thing that does, it yeah. does, you know, yes, if the bucks had to play today, they'd probably be the most NFL ready team in the league, but I want that young Tissola and a draft like this, where I think there's some good prospects, but I don't think there's a lot of great ones. I'm trying to get more picks. Uh, I, I'm trying to get yeah. the trade back and get more picks uh, to, to be honest and try and, because reality is most of these guys probably won't hit. So, sp- Get volume and your chance of hitting on somebody increases. And so that's, you know, John, it's,
1: it's, it's like my dad told me when I was young and I was dating and he said, look, even as ugly (laughs) as you (laughs) are, if you ask 10 girls out, three are going to say yes. So just start asking. Was he right? It was about 2.6 was the, was the actual number when I broke it down. But uh, the bottom line is, I mean, that's it's a it's a ridiculous uh, analogy, but it's really not. I mean, you, you know, you just keep picking. I mean, look, so he did it. Uh, Jason Light did it with cornerbacks, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and safeties. I mean, you know, Justin Evans and Jordan Whiteheads and the Winfield Juniors. I mean, you know, eventually you're going to find your two. You know, same thing with cornerback. Okay, MJ Stewart didn't work out, but Carlton Davis did, and and you know, so on and so forth. So I, I'm with you. And and you know what? Sometimes those those late round draft picks end up being a a special team standout like Ryan Smith, by the way that we, uh, lost yesterday yeah rest rest in peace ryan not really rest in peace I Love. He's ryan. On the so so basically, one of my one of favorite guys man yeah sorry sorry about that but uh one of my favorite guys in the locker room ryan was just a cool dude and he was That's a guest cool. from what's cooking a couple of years ago so oh nice anyway. see, i
0: don't see i don't know anything about Ryan because he didn't even play a defensive snap so i didn't watch him at all honestly i don't i understand to be honest i cut corners on special teams i need to watch special teams over the summer and figure out if he was good or not pro football focus says he has not been a very good special teams player they said andrew adams was a very good special teams player but well ryan smith played uh, a lot of snaps so i don't know
1: uh, I, last year was not his best year as special teams okay. but he had a couple years there where as, as a kick cover guy uh he was outstanding and, sure. and there was a he was suspended in 2019 i believe for the first four games and the special teams unit really really suffered played much better when he came back in there he kind of stabilized things but you're right 2020 i agree with pro football focus on that wasn't his best year He okay. didn't really see a lot of Uh, You know, big impact plays from him like we'd seen in years past. But anyway, again, he was a later, you know, a fourth round, I believe, draft pick, something like that, maybe fifth round uh you know you've got to have those guys too they've got to be there so I, i'm with you i was joking that's not going to be our roundtable talk it, topic thank you long lost if you come up with something else though we we're always uh we're always uh interested in, in you guys coming up with topics for us because our, our brains tend to melt you know uh, certain points during the year we that's get true. overwhelmed and uh so any uh, any suggestions we don't mind hit us up on twitter if you've got a yeah. story suggestion what the hell we don't care I don't right. even know what I'm going to write about for the hook tomorrow yet, John. That's right. Yep. No
0: idea. Ty, Ty will say, uh, Ty asked, John, will you discuss Jamie Newman? Obviously as a late round option. Yes. With when Dane Burgler comes on. So we've Cambraid on Tuesday uh, as a guest coming on the Peter report podcast 4 PM. And then we have Dane Burgler coming on. That will be a night show with Dane, by the way, I think 8 PM Eastern. We're still stabilizing the time, you know, depending on his kids, but it'll be a night show uh, with Dane on that Thursday, probably 8 PM Eastern is what we're looking at. Um, and he will come on to discuss Kellen Mond, jamie newman kyle trask and uh who else am i forgetting uh the other uh oh davis mills from stanford those four then we will talk about late slash undrafted free agents sleeper developmental number three quarterbacks with a small chance of working out but that every team wants to have on the roster and the, the bucks may have on the roster just because ryan griffin might not be back and so we'll discuss all of that uh, on the show with Dane. So it's going to be good to get his perspective on things as well. Then while well, Brandon Thorne coming up to talk offensive line too sometime in the next couple of weeks, we will get Trevor back in here before, uh, the draft. I know most people probably assume that, but that, that will happen. We have spoken and we will set a date and get him in right before, uh, the draft to talk about some things. So it's going to be a good time to be following the Peter report podcast, go over to Peter report, uh, TV on YouTube Hit subscribe, hit the bell to get the notifications for when we go live. Stay up to date on all of the different things that uh, that we uh, that we will discuss on this podcast, um, and uh, that we discuss about the Bucks as well. So until then, thanks so much for listening to another edition of the Peter Report podcast. Out. Oh.